Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast in space. That watches an anime every two weeks, and then we talk about it here on this podcast like we're a book club in space. <laughs> then we turn that discussion over to you in space to continue in space. And this week we watched Space Dandy. He's a dandy guy. Did we watch it in space? To help me discuss it, I need the help of my co-host. And first off, we have the Tim to my Eric. Great job. Jeremy, how you doing? Awesome show. Awesome um, show. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. So I think um, another anime that I thought was from the same time period as this, but I was way wrong, um, that I like is Outlaw Star. So that yeah. would be my anime recommendation of this week. All right, and we also have the Aqua Teen to my Hunger Force. It's Jason. <laughs> How are you? He's back. Doing well. I'm back. Yay! Um, I. I'll stick with. Uh, I really love Overlord. I, I think it's a great shonen, and also it has some great philosophical underpinnings. Yeah, you've you've been the the champion of that one. Even when Jeremy fell off, you kept going. Mm-hmm. Overlord. Mm-hmm. Are you still watching it in the latest season? Well, I finished four. Um, have they okay, started yeah. season five yet? Because I haven't heard anything. No, I think four is the latest. Yeah. And then my name is Troy, and my anime, for my taste, I'm picking My Hero Academia, our first anime we ever reviewed on the show, only because I've been rewatching it with my son, and I still get hype. We're at Sports Festival, and, and Sports Festival is great. So a quick aside, because you are currently still watching it, remember the the Baca breakdown we did for um, My Hero Academia? Yeah. Is there another moment similar to that or better than that that you feel is better that was something that caught your attention? Um, not Well, not what I'm watching right now, but in the future, I can definitely say All Might versus... All for one hmm, okay. gets up to that same level, and also Deku versus Overhaul. Oh, is, is an amazing fight. That that season's kind of hit or miss, but that ending fight is really good. Okay, might have to catch up. All right, and we lost a team member. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have replacements now. i'm back i'm back i I watched that uh that that one you guys did a really good job and um yeah good thanks good job for uh ash simping ash that's right yeah he was he was great and able to help us out there so much appreciated much nicer by podcast (laughs) much much nicer than me (laughs) (laughs) oh All right, uh, so we're going to talk about Space Dandy now. Um, We're going to start with our non-spoiler review. This is, again, a retro pick, so it's not really... We usually pick more current anime, but it's the start of the year. We just did a movie for kind of our vacation, 
And now Jeremy and Jason both get a, a rules-free pick, whatever anime they want to watch. And Jeremy has chosen Space Dandy, one none of us have seen. I, I've seen the first yeah. episode. Uh, but so Jeremy, your non-spoiler review, what did you think of Space Dandy? I love it. Um, this is fantastic. It took me back to all of those late nights uh, watching Adult Swim on Toonami and enjoying things like Aqua Teen Hunger Force and Sea Lab and um, Tim and Eric and Robot Chicken and like just all the great shows and many of which have this sort of like I think Jason described it best in a previous chat we had of like a fever dream, right? Like it's so unusual and unexpected the directions that they go with, with the stories. And I mean, Tim and Eric really hit that on the nail or hit that nail on the head. But, but this show has its moments where I think it, it does the same thing, maybe not quite to the level of um, absurdity that you got with some of those other shows, but it gets pretty absurd. And and I love it. It just it just reminds me of like I, I want to be up really, really late where you're you're starting to get so tired. You can barely keep your eyes open and you're watching this show. And it's just I don't know that that I think that's the prime way to view it. Or if you drink, you know, maybe drink and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll really like it. Um, but I, I love the uh, the episodic nature of it. But uh, and it's, it's it's strange because normally you know, if I if I go to an anime, I want to see the story. I want to learn about the world and everything. But I kind of knew just from the reputation that this anime has that going into this, this this was a comedy pick. Is it was my intention when I picked it, and so I knew that there was not going to be any real substance um, in storytelling beyond perhaps what you might encapsulate in um, revisiting story tropes um, on a, on an episodic basis, right? Like like hit some form of storytelling with each episode. It, it almost feels like completely different directors where sometimes it, it tries to be touching and deep and complex and emotional. And other times it just tries to be dumb and funny. Um, and, and so, yeah, the variety was great. Um, I kind of wonder if it was not beneficial to watch them so frequently. <coughs> Excuse me. I have a bit of a cough this week. Um, to watch them so frequently or if it would have been better to to space it out maybe maybe one every few days or one a week just to kind of absorb the absurdity but um, i'm still not really settled one way or the other for that but but i i really love it uh, i'll say so i i start earlier than you guys just because i'm taking notes it takes me longer to watch the anime and i watched about an episode a day except for at the end i started jamming in about two in and i i think you're right i think like one a day felt better than two back to back because it was it was just like a big spoonful of sugar instead of just a little bit of, yeah. of, of a snack every time yep all right jason what are your thoughts maybe i should have spaced it out more um <laughs> man what a waste of time uh <laughs> i have never checked the time on the play as often as i have with this one uh, I was so bored. I don't remember smirking, let alone smiling or laughing once. I could not Welcome stand. back, Jason. We have missed you. <laughs> Dandy is the worst anime character I think I've seen all of last year. Um, he 
he encapsulates everything that I can't stand about that 70s, 80s Pompadour style with mm-hmm. a huge dose of dumb. And yes. uh, it's just the, the jokes were not funny. None of them landed well. Um, the, uh, there was so much artistic l- leverage with like the abstractness that I just either I just didn't get or I wasn't drunk enough to enjoy, but that this is not one that I would go back to finish this first season. Oh, I'm finishing it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to finish it. Um, yeah. So I, I did enjoy it. I knew I would. Um, I, I think I mentioned in our last podcast, I've seen the first episode and I've always wanted to keep watching, but one thing that's great is you don't need a three episode rule for this. Watch the first episode. If it lands, you're probably okay. You're probably going to like it. It's about the same every single time. It's a little bit yeah. wacky, a little bit bizarre. Some really great animation that has a nice budget and it shows it off every once in a while. And it's um, also got some abstract art going on and leaves you scratching your head a little bit at the end. If you can, if you get to that first episode and you're like, I'm digging what you're selling, baby, mm-hmm. then I think you'll like it. But I, I, I don't think you need three episodes to figure out on this one. I um, definitely don't. I, I, I do want to add that, like, I watched the first two episodes in sub, and I was having a really hard time connecting with the character. And you know, I love watching anime in sub. That's my preferred. So I will almost never deviate from that. But I decided I'd give Dub a shot and see if it connected better. And in the third episode, it made a huge difference. And from then on, um, I actually really liked the comedy in it. But in those first two episodes, they did not. I just I could not find the humor in them. They came across as dumb to me because of that language barrier. Um, As an interesting point from that, too, is that apparently this anime was first aired in English from what I was was. uh, was reading about it is that it was actually intended and made for an American audience. Very interesting. Um, <clears throat> I will say that I'm a little worried about this podcast episode because there's not really anything to talk about other than the general structure and maybe like mm-hmm. some of the weird episodes they did. Like nothing matters from episode to episode, really. Even yeah. characters go through character arcs in an episode, and the next episode, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, uh-huh. They haven't changed. They, they're they not making new decisions and don't, growing, don't at worry. least in, in the 13 we watched. We only watched the first 13. D- yeah. don't, don't worry, Trey. Uh, I have plenty to argue about. Okay, I, I know. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm being fair about what I saw. I found this as a really great palate cleanser, something I could just turn off my brain, watch it. I found it very funny. I enjoyed the tons of pop culture references in it, um, and and in, I I I've, I've been debating if I was going to say this. I enjoyed it as a piece of art, and this is <laughs> a a a piece of art where I, someone is making something like there's an episode about '80s anime, showing their love for '80s anime while also making fun of '80s anime. It has that kind of stuff in it that I enjoy, and I enjoyed the ride. Mm-hmm. Okay. Opening and closing. Now, Jason, you gotta admit, those are some bops, man. <laughs> I enjoyed the ED. The song was great, and the visuals very much matched the show. It was very abstract, 
There wasn't much sense to it, but it was kind of slow and methodic and kind of showed off the characters a bit. Uh, the OP is just meh. I just didn't like it. I found them both extremely catchy. Um, uh, I love. Oh, by the way, I just yeah. want to mention real quick. Uh, I as soon as I read, well, actually, no, I made a point to skip the opening monologue every time after episode two. Boo, boo to you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Not if it started playing, it. if it started playing, I would pause. And then find my place after the OP and then start playing. Wow. Not only did I watch it every time, I would then repeat it for the rest of the day. <laughs> Coming through but, space yeah. like his pompadour. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, no, I loved it. I thought the visuals were great because they, they really emphasized like the alienness of it. That was another thing I really loved about this anime is that like it, it, comes across as alien. There's several episodes where you're like, wait a minute, this isn't Star Trek or Star Wars where the aliens are just another type of human. Right, Th- these aliens are truly alien sometimes. Bizarre. bizarre. Uh, the, yeah. Well, I can't say which uh, one episode made me queasy. It was so alien to look at. I was like, I, yeah. I, I this feels like I feel weird. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and I love that. And, and the OP just kind of, I, I thought it emphasized that too. Um, just showing like some of the weird aliens in the background and stuff. Um, the outro, I think I, I have my own theory and just, yeah, I have my own theory. I'll mention it once we get to the spoiler section. And I think the outro is, uh, lends great support of that theory. That's as much as I'll say for now. Uh, they're, they're fire. They were great. I danced. Not only did I listen to them, I danced to them sometimes. And like I said, I would then repeat the intro <laughs> to the point where my kids were throwing things at me like, shut up. We get it. It's space. <laughs> uh, that joke worked for me every time. Well, I think one of the most ironic things about it is that that's what I complained about. Like the first thing I complained about in Licorice Recoil was the cop who's like that. Oh, I gave you this mission because I am the cop that gives you this mission or something like that. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was basically the same exact format as space dandy in space. You know, <laughs> you repeat the adjective as a further description. Um, and I love it here, even though I hated it there. there there's something about delivery. We'll, we'll talk <clears throat> about the narrator more in the, in the spoilers, but the best part about him is he's doing like a Bob Newhart, I'm here for my yeah. paycheck, I don't really care, I'm just <laughs> yes. reading these lines impression. And then he's saying this, so it sounds like he's just like, in space, I guess. <laughs> it just, that worked for me every time. That He wasn't like super invested in it, he was just kind of like, he's a dandy guy, in space. I, I got I got the vibes of like, I'm watching a documentary. Like, the guy's just doing the narration <laughs> yeah. over... There's just you know? no, there's just, it's not high energy like most yeah. space action narrators would come with. Yeah, yeah it's not much investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, before we go to our spoiler section, our next anime, Jason's Rules Free Choice, is Jintama Season 1, first 12, 13? I'm pretty sure 12. First 12 episodes of Jintama. We also didn't announce 13 episodes of Space Dandy because we. Didn't know it was 26. 
But um, that's actually 26 is both seasons combined. 13 is the first season. So we were okay. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jin Tama is what we'll be watching next and discussing in our next podcast episode. So now that we're going to the spoiler section, if you don't want Space Dandy spoiled for you, the first half or the first season, uh, now would be the time to, to go watch it or listen to us spoil it and argue about it. I, I don't know how much we can spoil it. Like the jokes, yeah, sure, you may know after listening to us, like what some of the jokes were, but we're not going to be able to capture them or the silliness I, and, of it. And I, I've already decided I'm not going to go into like deep, in-depth, detailed yeah. recaps because the plot points aren't needed to be known by like the third episode. Like it doesn't matter what they did in episode one when you go to episode mm-hmm. two. Uh, so yeah, you should still listen. It'll be fun. Yeah. Spoiler warning drop then. Spoiler warnings. All right. So, Jason, I think the biggest disconnect is you're just not getting that space dandy is a dandy guy in space. In space, man. You... He's in space. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, yeah. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Yes. Yes. It's just. God, what? But it's right. intentionally dumb. Like it, it knows what it is. Like that's the thing that I think. But that doesn't make it. it funny. That's like that's like the internet meme of it. Loud equals funny. It's like, no. It it causes her ears. I, it's not funny. I think it's I think it's more clever with it than just being loud though. I, I think clever is a word that should not be used and together with space dandy. I well, just well not the character disagree. The character, yes, I agree. He is not necessarily clever. But the writing of the show, I do think, is clever. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, Let's get into it and find, <laughs> okay. find out. First first okay. episode. Uh, but like we said, before even the OP plays, there's that intro. Except for episode 13 didn't have it, and I almost rage quit. <laughs> <laughs> but And we've expressed our feelings enough on that. And then the OP plays, and then we come to... Uh, <laughs> we meet our main character, Space Dandy. That's his actual name. Yeah. Uh, explaining to his robot, who is either an advanced robot or, or you know, an either unadvanced robot or a really powerful vacuum. Um, it's never quite figured no, out. No, it, it it is it is explicitly stated he is an advanced robot, but an older model, and he and he he's like an iPhone seven, basically. Where you can't update the software anymore. But he's but, also just a vacuum cleaner. But he, yeah, he's not just a vacuum cleaner. He has vacuum cleaning abilities, but he also is able to do things like navigation, right? Um, uh, general AI. He, there, he's he's more advanced than just because so, there is an episode that establishes that there's some AI robots that are specific appliances. He is not an appliance, and that that distinction mm-hmm. is made. I don't think that distinction is made. I think he is a vacuum primarily, just like they're an literally having is a conversation. That's no, um, right, but that's his claim. He's like, no, I'm not a yeah. vacuum cleaner. I'm a no. robot. And they're like, you're a vacuum. He's Bill, embarrassed about being a vacuum cleaner. No, that's it. Bill called him an advanced. He's an advanced model. He's not a. He's not a vacuum cleaner. Advanced model of what? Of a general AI advanced robot. No, of a vacuum uh, cleaner. He's an advanced vacuum cleaner. Okay, I disagree. With AI capabilities. <laughs> okay, look it up. It it doesn't really matter what which one he is. The point is he's drawn as a vacuum cleaner, 
and then and does advanced things, and he does love vacuuming. So it's it's like it, it's a running gag that he. Okay, first thing it says in the wiki is QT is a robot vacuum cleaner. Okay, that that was not made clear in that specific episode. <laughs> I thought it was, but okay. Oh gosh, <laughs> this is gonna be a. <laughs> this is supposed to be a short one. I was like, oh, we're not gonna have anything. <laughs> Jason's back. We've got to get like all the arguing that we didn't get to do in the last two episodes out now. We haven't even got to the character that I'm trying to introduce. Okay, so our first scene of, of Space Dandy is he's explaining to his vacuum cleaner slash robot uh-huh. how boobs suck. It's all about butts. <laughs> That's yeah. his intro, even though Space Dandy loves boobs. Oh, and that's man, separate does... from his love for boobies. <clears throat> And it was this intro scene that made me immediately hate him. Are you an ass guy then? Or is like, which is it? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was just that he's having this conversation that he's so self-centered that he needs to make sure that he has this pontification to his vacuum. It is not pushing forward that Dandy is a great guy. Like he's no. supposed to come off scummy in this scene. That That's important. Yeah. He's a scumbag. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't like him. <laughs> All right. Sometimes they're funny to watch. <laughs> it's definitely a taste thing, though. All right, let's talk about Space Dandy. <laughs> Jeremy, <laughs> your thoughts on Space Dandy? He's your favorite character. I love this character. I get a kick out of watching him. Um, the The fact that he has absolutely no substance and... Um, all of his answers to everything is exactly what I hate in every other anime. Um, it's the willpower. It's the just do it, baby. It's the all of those things that I hate, he does. And because he's an idiot, it like shows that they are absurd. Like only an idiot would would do these things. And so I appreciate that he does that. And I think it's funny. Uh, it's like he's making fun of those tropes in that they've drawn them into him. Um, I also love the fact that so many of the jokes revolve around him, right? Like just the, the joke about the restaurants and boobies and like that, that's so important to him. And the way that he reacts when things, (laughs) the way that he reacts so ridiculously over the most juvenile things is just hysterical. Um, there were many times that I saw like Kelso from that seventies show in him just many many times and i actually enjoyed that character as well and so there's just there's there's it's funny sometimes to watch a character that isn't really intelligent and doesn't pretend to be and they just have like the most naive silly juvenile appreciations and joy in life and just to see them fall get back up trip over here sometimes succeed they're entertaining to watch and so I really enjoyed that with him. Um, there were also some really, really great scenes later, like where there is uh, two of him and they're arguing. And it's just the back and forth was killing me. I just love it because he's he's such an idiot. Like what happens when you compound that idiocy back and forth? It's just hysterical. Um, so, yeah, he's he stole every scene he was in for me. I love his style. I love his attitude. It's hysterical. It's dumb, but it's great. Hey, Jason, what are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, opposite everything, right? <laughs> Basically. Um, I couldn't stand him. Uh, t- 
to have the show focused on this. Like, if he was a side character, I think I might appreciate the dumbness and the I'm doing dumb things, but it's affecting the main character. No, this guy is the main character, and I have to endure every stupid thing he says. And the fact that he's just this attempting to be suave, consistently focusing on the female form, and, like, he's constantly broke. I... And he's just not relatable, so I just don't understand any of the jokes surrounding him. He's just unbearable to be around. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with Dandy, but I oh, do yeah, enjoy not, watching him he's, flail he's unbearable around. To watch. He's unbearable to watch for me. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely more in Jeremy's camp. He's He's a scumbag. He's... Mm-hmm. He's dirty, he's rotten, he's lazy. Um, He has moments of golden-heartedness, which I, I, you know, when the episodes bring those out, those are fun. Um, He's an idiot. (laughs) He's just, uh, this is, with the risk of sounding pompous, and this is going to sound pompous, there are people in life who just have a little of obliviousness that you can just tell they enjoy life. <laughs> I, get, I get so jealous of that sometimes. That sounds really terrible. And, and I, I am terrible. I'm sorry. I, I apologize for being a jerk. But like, I overthink things so much that sometimes I'm like, man, it must be beautiful to be like Space Dandy where you don't sweat the small stuff and you get You don't sweat the big stuff baby. either. He does not. Baby. <laughs> but he is skilled at... He has skills. He has... He has some... all the skills. <laughs> Talents. Uh, he works as an as a joke that I don't even find... There's characters like this, or there are characters who are a joke that's like, they work for an episode. They work for maybe a movie. Um, this joke worked for me for 13 episodes straight. I enjoyed watching Dandy every single time be an idiot, make horrible choices miss completely obvious things he's being hunted by uh, an entire army and is not even aware of it of course they're pretty bad at it but anyway um he he's a joke character to take us through some fun stories and i think he i think he worked he worked for me Uh, so it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, when we did that episode with Simple and Senpai about um, Joe. Jojo. Uh, Jojo, yeah. And how one of the things that was recommended was you just have to turn your brain off. And I have such a hard time doing that when it comes to, like, if there's a story involved or if there is there is some kind of play of ideas that is going to, you know, I guess what I'm saying is if it's not episodic and it's not intended to be dumb from the start, but because this is intended to be dumb, I kind of found myself doing that and it was fun in this show. So it's weird for me to recommend that because I have such a hard time doing that. But I think maybe that's what you got to do to enjoy this is just know that what you're coming for does not require a lot of thinking um, and analyzing. You just, you literally have to just, sit back, eat popcorn and laugh at the silliness. I want that's it. it it's Sorry. just, it's too silly. I don't mm-hmm. like silly comedy. 
Um, mm. It doesn't have to be smart or highbrow for me to laugh at it, but it's got to make sense. And I have to connect with some semblance of the reality of it. And as we get further into this episode, I'll point it out, but like, there's just nothing this anime offers that I can connect with. And if I can't connect with, then I can't really understand where the funniness is coming from. Mm-hmm. And then I, it just doesn't, it's not funny for me. So I will say, like I said, I enjoyed this very much, but I definitely understand why it won't connect with everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, okay, this first scene where they're talking and he's like, oh, there's enough, uh, you know, uh, uh, enough breaking the fourth wall. We got to get back to the story. <laughs> it's like, that's. Oh, I forgot about that. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That was the, one of the first moments where I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely not going to like this. Because like, they called out. They make a joke and then they make another joke on top of it. And then they just kind of keep going with it and then call it out. And then like it, it, that's the it feels like three 10th graders at midnight under a tent with flashlights going, oh, it would be so funny if this happened. Oh, yeah, and then this happened right after that? Oh, my gosh. And then, like, this spaceship could have... <laughs> That's what it sounds like. And I was just like, I can't... it's just not for me. Hmm. I wouldn't I... agree with the 10th graders, but I definitely see, like, a comedy troupe that's, no, like, I'm improv so, right. or coming up with, you're, with silly you're, things. You're right, not 10th graders. Oh, no, you're going to take ten, it even lower, I'm 10 years you? old. 10 like, year old. I knew you yeah. were going to say Predictable, Jason. I I wish we had watched Jintama at the same time. Because I'm very interested. Because I've seen some of Jintama. And I'm very interested to see how that handles you differently. Which is very spoofy Spaceballs, Mel Brooks, I, I think, comedy. And a lot of fourth wall breaking. A lot of just pointing out that we're doing something dumb. It'll be interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, this fourth wall joke, I, w- I my first thought was, beat Deadpool to it, man. <laughs> Setting the bar. <laughs> I, I love a good fourth wall break. I have always. You know, Ryan Reynolds is the master of it, but it was cool to see it here. I was like, nice fourth wall break. And they didn't do it too often. The narrator intervenes a couple times. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had forgotten about that joke. <laughs> That's too bad. Uh, now we need to talk about QT, his a lovable navigator, advanced robot slash vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. Jason, why don't you take this one first? Um, I actually kind of appreciated QT. Um, he kind of kept some sort of anchor as far as storytelling. Um, a lot of the antics involved him like trying to talk sense into the people around him, which I kind of appreciated because like in my mind, I'm going, no, you're being an idiot. And I bet this thing's going to happen. And then the thing would happen. And then QT's like, no, we can't do that. We got to, you know, and I think that was the other problem. None of the jokes were imaginative. I saw all of them coming anyways. um, Yeah. So yeah, QT, I think deserves a medal for being, having to so endure. You'd- you didn't connect with anyone, but you saw all the jokes coming. <laughs> you connected with something. That seems. I I think that's a I, fair statement. I don't think those are mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah. Like I could see where the writing was going. <coughs> yeah, maybe. For instance, there's a moment that will come up where there's two dandies walking, and I go, "Oh, 
well, you know, the, his special machine is going to obviously pick the wrong one. And of course, well, yeah, what, what do you know that, happened? That's called foreshadowing, not lazy <laughs> writing. They set that up and told you that was going to happen through the story. But all the jokes are set up that way, and it's just like, like none that wasn't of them even are a surprising. joke. That was just a plot point. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I but, mean, but I then, usually see a lot of stuff coming, but I, there were some of the jokes that caught me off guard, turns, especially some of the twists in the story. He turns into Doctor Gel, and I'm like, oh yeah, he's probably going to turn into one of the two, and then oh yeah, oh what do you know? He did. Well, yeah, not, I mean, that was a joke. joke. That's yeah, that's that's just part of the way that this episode, like the formula that it, it then maybe I like saying I don't like the punchline. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the punchlines. OK, here's a joke that worked for me. <laughs> OK, and it starts with QT. So this is why I like QT and what I thought he brought because he's the, he's the straight man of the group, even though he's also his own idiot. And I thought they balanced those two things really well. QT reads a bunch of data and spits out this strip of paper and Dandy rips it off and looks at it and goes, what does this say? I can't read this. <laughs> Even though, you know, we get the impression they've been flying together for years and this is like, this is episode one. We're intro- we're being introduced to their world and their, their relationship. And then this, this, this subversion of, Oh, I'm the confident captain. Tell me what's going on robot. And he's like, I don't know what's happening. The robot's like, I don't know what it says either. And I laughed. That was good. Yep. Yeah. I, I found QT to be like, <clears throat> essentially the, the person that, like you were saying, Jason wants to try to rope everybody in out of the nonsense and into doing what would be sensible, but doesn't really care enough to try. Like QT gives up like, like that. (laughs) He just basically is there to whine while everybody continues doing what they're doing. And that's it. Um, Which was entertaining in its own way. But for me, that kind of put him in a backseat a little bit because he wasn't necessarily contributing as much to the jokes as Dandy. Meow, I thought Meow played off of Dandy a little better. And so even though he was kind of in the background too, when he was in the scenes, I really enjoyed his presence. Um, but with QT, QT was just, um, I don't know, felt a little bit light, a little bit less entertaining to me. All right. Our two <laughs> heroes. Fly to the the Hooters of this universe, <laughs> and it's called Boobies, which <laughs> makes me chuckle every time. It's yeah, it's like they weren't even trying to make it be cool. They're like, no, this is nope. a low point for people to visit. Like this is so stupid, <laughs> and it's his favorite thing in the world to the point where yes. he gets asked, if you had unlimited money, what would you do? He's like, I would eat at Boobies every day so I could get free points. <laughs> To eat on more my boobies card. On my boobies card. So they go to boobies. And boobies is, a, if you've seen a trailer of um, Space Dandy, you've seen boobies because it's almost featured in every episode and like every gif of it, every trailer shot. It, boobies is heavily mm-hmm. featured. Um, and there's a girl named Blondie who shows up. She's at every boobies. I thought I thought her name was Honey. Oh, is it Honey? I, I think it's wrong. Honey, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, honey shows up at every movies, even though... So I can't <laughs> tell if we're always going to the same one or different ones, but it doesn't matter. It makes <laughs> it me wonder matter. if there's like if there's some big conspiracy where like the waitresses are all cloned. <laughs> and we learn 
Space Dandy's job is he is an alien hunter in that for some reason they're just trying to register all the aliens out there in the universe and if you He's literally a... going around abducting different <laughs> like life forms. You abduct an alien, you take it back, you have it registered and then you just let it go and and, mm-hmm. and go home. It's it's not violent, but they do throw them in cages too. Um Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's sentient or not as long as you bring in a, r- a rare alien so they can register it, uh you will get paid. So they see Basically, it's a cat. It's a talking cat. It's not even very humanoid. It's like a cat on its hind legs with an iPhone who's taking... Wearing a uh, sarong. Wearing a sarong and taking shots of the waitresses with his camera. Uh, But he has a booby sticker on his cheek, so they think he's a rare alien. I love that QT comes up with a book and and Space Dandy's like, aren't you... A robot with a computer? Why do you need a book? He's like, I can't hold data. (laughs) So they chase this this cat, and this cat, uh, they capture him and take him to be registered, and the sticker falls off, and he's he's a Beetlejuicean, which Danny's just says he's a cat. Doesn't QT tell him that looks like a Beetlejuicean before he goes and chasing him? Yes. And you can clearly see he's got a sticker on his face, but he chases him anyway. yeah, he even gets the sticker on his own face, and at that point he's like, oh, that's what that was. <laughs> so, now it's time to... Uh, he has a long name, but they named him Meow. And then we find I him at home, and he's just called... Oh, God. His Mom. name is... Meow, 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 meow. Yeah, meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 meow. It's so it's dumb, but it's gonna great. be a long one for you, Jason. I'm is, sorry. Yeah, this is this is rough. <laughs> Just like it feels, it feels like I'm in a courtroom reliving a trauma <laughs> in order to, you know, convict the person who put me through this. I have to retell my terrible experience. Usually, when we we talk about these Uh-oh. comedies, we're all on the same page and we laugh together at the jokes yes. like this. <laughs> it's usually a three person. Uh, thing. Sorry about the dog. Um, not today though. Now we're yeah, just like, and, and I'm trying. Days. I'm trying to hold it back, but I haven't. I didn't write down most of these jokes. And <laughs> so well, I had Tanya watching these to first. Back. Two... Yeah, I, I had Tanya what, watching. What did, what did Tanya first... think? She actually really enjoyed it, and she said. That um, like she was laughing at them, meow 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 meow. And when they when they first revealed like that they were going to a restaurant <laughs> called Boobies, she started cracking up. And um, the more that she saw Dandy, and I was dying as you guys were just like, oh he's a scumbag, oh he's so horrible. You're right, absolutely. But Tanya said I'm Space Dandy, so. <laughs> That's probably why I love this character. There was about like his all the booby stuff. I'm like, oh, this is gonna work for Jeremy. Just yeah, this is right up my alley. Uh, I love it. The monster alien, but it transformed. I was like, well, Jeremy's in. Just yes, just the silliness of it and how it's like he's he's just so focused on the boobies, and I just I love that. I think that is the funniest thing. Um, It's great. So. Yeah, she liked it. She got a kick out of it. It worked better for her, too, when we when I put it in dub. And I kept showing her scenes because she didn't have a chance to watch the rest of it with me. But 
I kept showing her some of the best scenes and she was getting a kick out of them too. And she's pretty, uh, um, difficult to make laugh usually. So <laughs> I was kind of surprised, but well, now I, yeah. now I know we can't be friends. Uh, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> All right. Meow. What do you guys think of meow? Um, he's just a cat version of dandy. Like I just, I did not. I, yeah. I, I kind of liked it. Okay. No, that's not true. I was starting to like his episode where they go to his planet. Yeah. Um, but they just derailed every time he tried to make some sort of character building comment or like piece of information. Like it, it, we'll get into it when we get to that episode, but man, it just frustrated the, but you know, he's, I'm going to post every time we move to a new location. How do they find us? <laughs> like how many times you got to yep. play that joke? Four or five. It was like <laughs> seven or eight times. It's like, maybe can we move on with the episode? No. Going to revisit <laughs> this joke. Great. Here we go again. Anyways, no, I, 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 not my cup of tea. Mm. Well, I got a kick out of meow. I got a kick out of meow. I thought that um, some of the artwork, especially for meow captured him and and captured the humor surrounding him so well like in the zombie episode when meow gets infected first and they're like oh you know he's got no life signs and the camera keeps showing him and he's still standing there and just the way they drew him was so great i was just dying um and um and there were there were several times where like meow's expression just it hit me the same way that um, that well-drawn expressions from the little girl in Spy, Spy X, Spy, Spike's family. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Know. Like, like when she would have her expression and it would just completely change the tone of the scene and, and make it really, really funny. Meow did that several <laughs> times. And so for that alone, I really, really like this character, but I also enjoyed the fact that he almost came across as a sort of like petulant, lazy version of Dandy. Right. Like when you have a group of people. They will always find how they relate to each other and slip into certain roles, even though he is like Dandy. He can't be like Dandy. Not exactly because that role is taken up because Dandy's there. So he kind of slips into second gear Dandy, which is like I'm all lazy and irritated because you're Dandy. You're the better version of what I want to be. Um, and so he was, it was really entertaining just seeing them go back and forth because of, of, of how the tone was just subtly different. It was enough that I thought they were distinct. He's a, he's a taco dandy. A taco dandy? Yeah. Cause like dandy's a, a fairly dandy? outgoing. No, dandy's outgoing and willing to like put himself out there for things. And he likes to sit in his room and play on his phone. Yes. See. So I have a very special different view of Meow than you guys in that mm. Dandy is this guy who refuses to be tied down by anything. His whole thing is I, I'm free. I have my spaceship. I have a robot that serves me and I'm going to do whatever I want. And if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. And then Meow comes along and he has to take care of Meow because Meow's a parasite. <laughs> Meow he, is a is, parasite. he is the stoner buddy who lives on your couch and won't leave. And Dandy doesn't get rid of him. Sometimes he does, but mostly 
because he enables Danny's worst intuitions and 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 stuff like yeah let's talk about girls let's eat all the food and read comic <laughs> books um he allows Danny to be that that worst version of himself and so Danny lets him stay around but Danny's actually better without Meow <laughs> uh but I Meow does get some character growth but it doesn't matter the next episode that is one of the yeah. shortcomings of the series that anytime anybody grows it doesn't matter the next episode. We're not seeing them now making better decisions. He's right back to doing what he was doing before. I did like his episode. I, I thought it was great. I love those kind of stories, and I thought that he did a fun spin on it. But we'll get there. A lot of a lot of times when they execute on these trope stories, they do a surprisingly good job. Better than I would have expected for how silly the rest of the anime is. So... I'm going to reveal one half of the secret I've been keeping. That's not really a secret. <laughs> so the director, the, there's two directors. The general director is Shinchiro Watanabe. I don't, the other director I won't be able to name, but he is important. And I'm not going to reveal till later. Shinchiro Watanabe, famous for Cowboy Bebop and Shamurai Shampoo. Um, very much a guy who likes to experiment and twist subversions and genres and mix things together and here i feel like he's been giving a blank check and by going with the comedy route he doesn't even have to make it matter like he can do whatever he wants whenever he wants as long as he keeps it funny which mm -hmm. obviously is subjective whether that happened but it's yeah. very interesting that uh i think that this is his 2014 project that is interesting. So that explains a lot of the artsy-fartsy stuff. Yes. Uh, yes, yeah. it does. Very interesting. Okay. Uh, the references to, like, Giorgio Romero and, and, and films yes. and all, all that kind of stuff. That's very much, yeah, his 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 bag. Cool. Okay. So now we have Meow as part of the crew. <laughs> he's staying on the ship. Uh, and he's like, hey, no, I know a planet where we can get an alien. And this... Sets up most stories in this anime is Meow being like, I have a hot tip. Where'd you get the hot tip? I read it in this free magazine I found <laughs> or whatever it is. But he's like, yeah, we, we have to go to this place. Let's just hit the warp drive. And he hits the warp drive while well, their warp drive is broken. So they go to some rando planet. Meanwhile, as the narrator has told us, Dandy is being hunted because there's these two empires who are at war. I don't remember their names. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the Golgol and something else. Yeah. Uh, but the, the Golgols want Dandy Gol -Gol. for some yeah. reason. And the guy put in charge of this is Dr. Gel. And he is a gorilla <laughs> with the a dumbest design I've ever G seen. G monocle, like a pimp hat pardon <laughs> the language uh and his spaceship is the statue of liberty ahead with a um adult okay. gag in its mouth yeah thank yes. you uh i i'm pretty sure that's a planet of the apes reference because he's a gorilla but uh, -huh. uh yeah that's that's dr gel the last real character we had to talk about what are your guys thoughts on dr gel and this whole subplot that's just always in the background <laughs> i <sighs> dr joe um yeah I... <laughs> breaking him <laughs> I, know. Just... I he almost felt like the 
oh man, now I can't remember his name. I was just thinking about this earlier. Like, what does he remind me of? For some reason, he reminds me of a really dumb version of the evil Doctor something in Mr. Gadget. Okay. Mm. Um, I can't remember the name. It's um, Dad's cat. He had a cat. He did have a cat. I, I can do his voice. I'll get you, Gadget. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all I know. Um, and it was just the same gag over and over. And yeah, it, <laughs> ball gag. Nice. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's just I didn't understand why the head of this ship was the Statue of Liberty's head. Frankly, because if this is never mind, I'm not even going to get into the logic of it. That's just yeah. no point. It's never explained. So, like, why would why even focus on it? I just okay, didn't find it's it clearly funny. going to become a mecca, right? Like, yeah. In the season two, it's got to become a mecca. It's almost mm-hmm. got it. I mean, mm. Okay, but why would it have a, a gag on it? Maybe they don't know what that is. Maybe they just like, hey, we need a lot of uh, so there's no reports okay. on it. Good, good. <laughs> Well, you remember uh, there was one episode where the face opened up and it was full of weapons, and so I mean, who knows what it's going to make? It'll maybe change. it's a super weapon. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, um, a big cannon. Yeah, I just, I he just felt like a really dumb version of the, yeah. But I don't know. Besides that, he was fine. I mean, he played his part, which I, I think the most entertaining part about him was his conversations with the uh, emperor. Because the emperor was just as ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I, I, okay, okay. I, it didn't make me smile and it didn't make me chuckle, but I did find it a little entertaining that he was going to an annihilate an entire planet because his overdue book <laughs> yeah. was causing him spam calls. Like that. That that was yes. that was decent. I like that too. Yeah. Anyways, Jeremy, what do you think of Doctor Jill? Um, you know, out of all the characters on here, I think Dr. Jell was the one that I had the hardest time with. Um, there were certainly funny moments, uh, more than a, more than a couple, but he just was really weird. Like for me, he took things to the level of absurdity in his character design in the role that they played of constantly bringing the seventh fleet to try and take out Dandy and always either retreating or dying or being destroyed by the, the, um, the flaming skull guy, the general The general. Yeah. So like, um, for me, that joke, it didn't get used a ton, but it still kind of felt a little bit old, felt a little bit stale for me the second or third time it happened. Um, although it did intrigue me because I was like, wait a minute, you're dead. Why are you back? And so that kind of got my gears going of like, what could really be going on here? Um, I did like the fact that his assistant, Dr. B, I, I don't know. My personal theory is that that stands for a banana because he looks like a banana, like his head. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and I love that. Like the the combination of those two is actually kind of funny where his assistant, Dr. B, is actually more competent than he is in the majority of the time. But then when Dr. Gel really gets into it, you know, um, like in the I, I don't know if it's this last episode or the one right before. I think it's the one right before it. Um, and uh, and and you really see Dr. Gel shine like in that episode. I was I was laughing a little bit. A couple of the others. 
but yeah, he's probably my least favorite character. Um, just because it feels like that level of absurdity, that threshold is passed a little bit too far with him for me. I think for me, a lot of his storylines, I was so into what was happening elsewhere and you knew this wasn't going to matter. Mm-hmm. That it was almost, that it was so side material that I was like, okay, can we get on with it? But I really did enjoy the joke. You know, there's this trope in older animes, um, Sailor Moon, so mm-hmm. many where it's like, there's it's the big bad villain, but they're always on the monitor. We never actually interact <laughs> with them and they have the main bad antagonist of our story who they are talking to and they always have uh an underling right next to them it's like they have to have this power structure and and so many anime and i love their playing on that and then turning it into almost a workplace comedy of being a middle manager and like oh that guy's he's he's so cheap and he just won't give us the weapons oh oh, he's on the phone oh what did you say um (laughs) that joke that joke worked for me playing off of very old anime tropes and turning it into something new that i can relate to um i I thought that was funny but for the most part when his stories with clients were coming up i was like uh let's go back to dandy that was that was a little bit better yeah i definitely see the reader repulsa in his design yeah yeah Yeah. like voltron over the top yeah yeah um except for completely fair and I, i also like that because he fails so often, he actually gets killed, which never happens in those old animes. Those guys never get punished for failing over and over. They they lose every episode, and the bad guy's like, yeah. well, next time, don't you fail me again. Uh, this yeah. time, he actually would be murdered for his failures, but still have to come back. <laughs> All right. On to this absurdist story. We're going to go a little quick here, because this doesn't really matter. On this uh, random planet they're at, there's a, there's a rip in time space. So Dandy tears at the string, which sends them flying through, and then they're out. They're at another planet, and then they take the teleporter down, which takes about a half hour to work. You just I love s- that joke. You just gotta stand <laughs> still and wait for it. Yes. It's like, why? <laughs> why use it? Seems so dangerous. You know. It also reminds me of like old Star Trek because the special effects weren't very good. They did have to stand <laughs> yes. there for like ten seconds to go through the whole. T- um, You're right. Next generation, it's warm. But in old Star Trek, don't, don't move. <laughs> so that worked. Uh, then they go down, and basically it's a planet full of monsters, and the monsters start eating each other and getting bigger and bigger as the next one comes out. They wake up a giant robot. It battles a giant goo monster. Uh, QT accidentally teleports one up to the ship and starts chasing him. Uh, that Jason, you got to admit, this was beautifully animated. Like, objectively, this was good animation. Like, they're flying Ew. through space on, on rocks and actions. It was so good. I thought it was beautiful. No. The, everything was kind of mushy <laughs> as it moved. The colors were kind of stagnant. Um, well, no, that... They, <laughs> They do that when they're like when action gets so frenetic, they they back off the detail, right? So they can show that motion so much faster. No, so look at any trigger that. animation. They're they're so much better. Well, I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily compare it to trigger. Trigger is known as like the beautiful. Okay, but studio. he said he said the word objective. If I'm gonna be objective, it is not objectively <clears throat> beautiful in comparison to other forms of anime that I have seen. 
Okay, well, let's set a scale then, because if Studio Trigger is like 10, <laughs> I would say this is still like a 7. seven I'd, 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 I'd relinquish really, really a 6. Okay. <laughs> when you hate, you hate completely. <laughs> uh, anyway, the result is Danny comes up with this perfect idea. He has a bomb in his ship, and he tells QT to press it, and it'll blow up all the monsters, the whole planet, everything. QT's like, what about us? Oh, yeah. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> so they die. Now, I, okay, I can tell, Jason, you don't like that joke. But <laughs> you have to appreciate that the anime is telling you right now, this is stupid. This is a stupid yep. show, and don't take it seriously, or you're not going to like it. If if you are like putting a lot of thought after this moment, after a guy literally blows himself up with a nuclear bomb, the anime warned you from this point. And I know you had to watch it. I'm not saying I'm not saying you yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying anybody else watching. Like the anime very clearly tells you this is a silly, stupid show. Hmm. Enjoy. And I, I yeah. think this moment it was I I think this first episodes are a great showcase of the rest of the show. I just wish more anime did that of like we're going to show you how stupid we can be or how smart we're oh, going to be or what you're looking for. You know, we're going to give you the perfect sample size of what the rest of the series is going to be so you can judge for yourself if you want to keep going. I really appreciated that about this. I I think this is one of the best first episodes of an anime ever because of that. It, it's such a perfect encapsulation of the series. And this is the moment that instantly disconnected me from <laughs> caring about anything that happened in this anime fair enough uh, one it set the precedent that nothing matters N nothing these characters do matter because everything is off the table there's no reason to care about any danger that they're ever in so because i don't care about that danger that danger doesn't connect with me in any for sort of meaningful way so i can't find the comedy in any of these quote unquote dangerous situations or a monster's coming after them it's like oh well i'm just going to see him in the next episode <laughs> friggin turns into undead like <laughs> anyways uh and same same with like ship like the monster gets teleported onto the ship and wrecks the ship and blows up and it's like okay well i guess that doesn't matter either because he's just going to get a new one the next episode i you're, you're absolutely right this anime warned me you're not going to like this yeah <laughs> see now i read it a completely different way i read it as wait a minute they all just died but i know there's more so they're gonna come back and what was that string he pulled and it got my brain the gears started going and i'm thinking what 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 is happening here are they going in like multiple dimensions like parallel universes and then when i watched the outro and i saw the cubes and there's like multiples of them coming out of the cubes over and over again i was like this i think this is uh parallel dimensions and i still think it is um and i absolutely love that idea because to me what that does is it realigns it like shifts the perspective on all of these episodes because yes they die yes the individual characters uh aren't going to have their arcs matter in the next episode they don't always die but we perhaps shift to a different uh different dimension or a different universe but to me it's like if you if you were to pick up a, a multiverse comic right 
and you you get a glimpse into well what happens in the deadite universe what happens in uh the universe where like batman laughs right or what happens in all of these weird universes you don't necessarily need for it to be um a story of just one universe and at that point i started thinking i wonder if there's going to be things that connect these universes and I can't say that I found anything that connected them, but I'm it, it made it easier to be okay with each episode being a completely encapsulated story because for me it's like, well, this is this is that issue. This is that story taking place in that universe. We're just glimpsing what this version of him would be like experiencing these events. And then we move on to the next one. And yeah, it just it completely changed my perspective when I considered that possibility. It also gives me to to kind of touch on Jason's point that nothing matters, but it gives me that gives me a Rick and Morty vibe, which is very nihilistic. The whole theme of the show is nothing matters while the characters are trying to find or grow to a point where something can matter, uh, which is interesting because that's a multiversal show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which it it uses to say, if I die here, it doesn't matter. There's another me right here. That will because they're aware of it. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, it gave me a very nihilistic theme. If there is any theme to carry through all this is that nothing matters. But I don't think it's a bug so much as it's a feature. <clears throat> Jason wants to go on so bad. <laughs> all right. We're going to go through these, yeah. these episodes pretty quick because they're you know, the details just don't really matter. Um, all right so the next episode uh after failing to turn in uh an alien i think they tried to do uh meow again (laughs) meow still did not register Uh, meow has a tip on fancy space ramen that must be made by an unknown alien so they go first they go to boobies because you have to and then they go to an like a ramen mall in space where every shop is ramen, and they try all these ramen places. Meanwhile, Dr. Jell is chasing them down because Meow keeps posting <laughs> on social media where they're eating, which I thought was a great roast of how people have to, especially in 2014, update. Here's where I am on social media. Yeah. I thought the joke worked, but I get there was a, they made it a lot. Uh, at one point, they get attacked, and the alien lady who does the registration, Scarlet, Scarlet uh has a great action scene. I thought again, another well animated action scene beats up a bunch of bad guys, but it doesn't matter. It was an okay animated scene. Okay. I did I did find it <laughs> I, I did find it mildly humorous that he, the whole reason he was approaching her is one, he knew who she was, but two, that he was looking for money. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the hitting on her and then like, can you spare me a few bucks, baby? <laughs> So stupid. Yes, he's pathetic. It's so funny. I remember all these jokes. I just didn't find that. And then you guys were like, "Oh yeah, that was so great." great. You're remembering them better than I did. But when you bring them up, I laugh again. And and I'm not. (laughs) I'm honestly not doing it to antagonize or make it worse for you. (laughs) I really am not. Oh, I know. Just genuine. (laughs) Um. Yeah, they they eventually find 
they find their, where the ramen's coming from, and there's a portal to another universe where this guy is on a meteor making ramen, and since no one comes, he just sends it through the portal now, the the wormhole. And him and Meow go there. Say he's been there. He's been there for like. Yeah. I can't remember if it was. They thought it was. Yeah, it was millenniums. And yet he like describes how he learned to make ramen as <laughs> on Earth. Back on Earth. Yeah, he eventually <laughs> found uh, found his way to Earth. After a tragic so backstory. Far in the future, or does time pass differently in his dimension? I wonder. That was one thing that I it crossed my mind when I was watching this one. My um, first thought was, where is he getting his materials? <laughs> yeah, maybe they float in on some other kind of wormhole field. Speaking of the far future, and now having revealed that Cowboy Bebop was made by the same director, they oh. use Wulong in this, which is the same currency from Cowboy Bebop. And I oh. wonder if this is far future of Cowboy Bebop, a cinematic universe. I love it. Yeah, that would just taint my vision of Cowboy Bebop. See, it actually makes me like that, it more. Like, Cowboy this is Bebop what is beautifully animated. Especially that, uh, I know it's from the movie, but like the broom fight scene, just absolutely gorgeous. Yep. Can we talk about that one? Anyways, move on. <laughs> move on. <laughs> Doesn't have enough humor. Uh, the, they invite the alien to come back with them. He declines. They go home. Cute, or Meow doesn't get to eat his ramen. And they close the wormhole on him. So now he's trapped. Nice work, guys. He didn't have. He could have come. Cl- Wait, did they close the yeah, wormhole? I thought was, they just left. So no, it was through the. So going through the wormhole just destabilized oh. it, and it was starting to close, and that's why they had to run out of there. Oh, and Meow right. didn't get a chance to eat it because he ended up spilling it everywhere going through the wormhole. And then You're Dandy right. makes fun of him for ne- not being able to taste the most wonderful. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> this right, was so the episode that I watched the titles, and it just was. Yeah, I know it was great, and it wasn't. Uh, it, it it felt like it was trying to be more. Um, emotional and like with the backstory of that yeah alien and everything like it really felt like it was trying to be more serious and i and i remember thinking you know this is this is weird i thought this was going to be a lot more humor um didn't really land as much for me but i still kind of blame that mostly on just watching it in subtitles yeah i yeah it's on the dub it's just he has such like the classic (laughs) old man voice uh it went and I traveled, I had a sad backstory, and then I learned to make the ramen. Now I just make it with a tear in my eye. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he, he cried into the ramen. He That's cried into the so ramen. <laughs> yeah. So friggin' weird. All right. Uh, the next episode, I, this actually gives me... Um, uh, so long, can scroll the page. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy vibes. Um, so... Hey. Especially because it starts with QT feeding them with poison food because he's buying it from the future when it's super cheap. But that also means it's super expired. <laughs> and it's just they feed it to Meow and he gets sick. That That's a very British humor kind of thing. of like, hey, I got this cheap food and it's rotten. <laughs> um. They go on an alien hunt. Oh, no. They they hit the warp. I remember why. Dandy has a boobies card because <laughs> they're out of food and it's about to expire. So he decides to warp. Like two hours. 
Right. Yep. And they didn't fix it. And I love it because, like, he tries to avoid warping at all costs all the time. Like, he does not want to warp. But as soon as he learns he's only got two hours left on the booby card, warp. (laughs) And they instantly crash on a planet. And I love that he's like, maybe there's a secret boobies here. (laughs) He goes out to look around the planet. (laughs) It's so dumb. But they they find a young woman being chased by. Her name is Mommy Toss. Mommy Toss. Being chased by these hideous alien monsters. I love the the second time Danny pulls out his gun and starts firing wildly and does nothing with it. (laughs) Uh And it's classic, like, Roy Rogers gun. It doesn't look like a gun. It looks like a kid's space toy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Um, But we also get scenes of, like, Dr. Jell arriving and then finding out there's an alien down there so dangerous. You'd never want to die that way. So they run away. Um, and then they show the picture, and it's the girl. Yeah. And and eventually, the monsters, he, he, he for always forgets he has a translator on his wrist. And he turns it on, they're like, hey! And their English voice is great. Hey, dude, we're, like, trying to warn you. What are you doing, dude? A lot of them have southern accents, too, yeah. which is cracking me up. You know? uh, and yeah, they were trying to warn him about the monster. And then she's getting ready to eat meow, and they, they find her, and she turns into a giant... She ex- just like boobs explode out of her naked boobs. Yeah, thousands erupting <laughs> yes. out of her. Because at first her and chest she becomes horrifying. Swelling. Yeah, yeah. And she does eat meow. <clears throat> so they jump in the escape pod and they leave them. But then they remember the boobies <laughs> card was back there, so they go back to save meow. Maybe. Meow, um, <laughs> totally. And turn the. Skate pod can turn into a mecha and they yeah. battle it and then they feed it the poison food and it gets sick and throws everything up. And they take it to the alien registry and they get paid a lot of money and they forgot to rescue Meow. <laughs> so like, end, Meow is still inside of it. Gone. Dead. He's gone. <laughs> they're like, we forgot something. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> um... Oh, and the next one is the zombie one. They have a, a alien that, that looks like an alien that is known, but they don't recognize it because it's slightly off color. And it bites Meow, and they take and Meow gets sick, and they take him to the doctor. And the doctor's like, "He has no life signs. We'd like to run further <laughs> tests." <laughs> and they've got like this super sexy nurse that Danny just won't leave alone. <laughs> He's like hammering this the help button. <laughs> He's cracking me up. <laughs> He's trying to admit himself to the hospital. I'm yeah. gonna admit myself here. Maybe. Uh-huh. Um, they come back the next day, along while being chased by bounty hunters from Doctor Gel, and mm-hmm. it's a <clears throat> classic zombie movie. He picks up QT, starts bashing zombies with him, but he, QT gets bit and turns into a robot zombie. <laughs> I know you're right, why, Jason. Why is that funny? It's oh, not <laughs> because. If there's robots, zombies don't work. Yeah. And the fact that they just skipped over that fact <laughs> to yeah. make it work is funny. Yes. Like, they it's don't like, care. It's like someone drew angry face around his eyes on his screen. It's like, that doesn't make a robot a zombie. It was all it in how zombie. they redrew each character. Well, but I love what they did with this episode. Like, they took the concept to the most absurd level. Like, where the zombies, you know... They they don't 
continue eating people. They they start becoming right. their own civilization. Yeah, so, we'll just eat yogurt and that'll cure my yes. zombiness. One second, one yes. second. Hold hold the thought. Hold the thought. So okay. space space dandy gets away from everyone turns into a zombie except for space dandy. He gets to the roof. He jumps in the helicopter. He's safe. The zo- the helicopter pilots a zombie <laughs> and bites him. But, okay. And then they the mid <laughs> how, how is he flying it? The mid pause yep. stops. We're only halfway through the episode. We have finished the zombie mm-hmm. story, but we're only halfway through the episode. That's why this episode works for me. Yeah. As soon as that mid like break, like Space Dandy <clears> showed <throat> up, I laughed so hard. Like, wait, <laughs> what's There's what could you do more? after this? And then they yes. did. They go, they just take it so far. Again, very this gave me uh Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy vibes of just taking something silly. And going further and further and seeing how ridiculous you can make it. Yes. Like, how long can you keep this alive? Like, the fact that they even... So so they go back and they talk They talk to the zombie because now they actually can communicate in zombie grunts because that's a Urgh. language. Urgh. <laughs> yes. Very expressive. Uh-huh. And they find out they can eat yogurt and stop eating people. And so they start doing that, but they also have, like... You see that the, all the zombies start doing this, and so they co- sort of become a new zombie civilization that is just kind of working everywhere. But they're still trying. I love the fact that they're getting their insurance, their life, their life insurance, insurance. They're all technically dead. That is so great. And oh, go so on, the go, life, go ahead. Yep, the life insurance <laughs> starts sending out zombie hunters to kill them because yes. it's not illegal to kill a dead person. Right. But then the zombie hunters get bit and they go bite the life insurance people. So then, yep. then no one just cares and everyone it becomes a zombie universe with no war, pure that's peace. That's how you get peace. And then the narrator becomes a zombie and that's the end. The end. And then it says oh. directed by George A. Romero. Classic. <laughs> yep. I got a kick out of this one. This was um this was where I was like, okay, this has to be multiverse. This just just has to be multiverses. And I'm loving this. None of that worked for you? No. It, 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 what's frustrating is that we get to the end of this zombie apocalypse universe-wide, and then we kick up the next episode, everything's fine. And I'm just like, well, then that... Nothing, like, these past three episodes have had no impact on any sort of story character building or anything to do with rooting the and that's I, I think that's where I'm it's losing me is there's nothing rooted in anything relatable for me to laugh at. Right. I mean this is basically a deconstruction and roasting of the z- zombie genre as a whole, but not anything related to character growth or a, a real story. You're right. All right. Uh, then the next episode, there is an a new alien that is keeps getting away from hunters and making them look foolish with online pictures. And Dandy goes after it, and it's a little girl who and their species can put you inside of a stuffed animal for five minutes. Mentally, mentally, six yeah, minutes. Six minutes. They put your yeah, mind transfer consciousness. Yeah. And so Dandy goes after her, and she gets him, and he goes inside her stuffed penguin. Uh, but he still manages to capture her, and then after the minutes are up, he gets his body back. And she agrees to go to the alien registration if he will take her to a location, but his ship has been towed. So this is a road trip episode. Uh, Actually, I really kind of like this one. 
I knew you would. I knew you would. I had a hard time with this one because it it like shifted away from the comedy and tried to tell more of like a sweet story. Like for me, this reminded me of Transporter. It reminded me of like any time that you have a story where somebody is is hostile to their ward and they're supposed to take them somewhere negative. And then that story, they become uh, they start to love the ward or affectionate of the ward or they care about them enough to where they don't want to see them follow that trajectory. And instead, they send them in some good way and they have to protect them along the way. And so for me, it was like, oh, I, this is the the most um, well known of of like the different tropes that they use of types of storytelling for me. I like that type of storytelling, but it's just not what I was expecting from dandy i like that here let's show a softer side of dandy and actually you know give some sort of you know connection no i don't like that uh get get yeah. that out of here show me yeah. more of the abstract planet blowing up and killing yes. dandy <laughs> that's so funny yes yes it, it i, I like it was both jason <laughs> <laughs> if it was shorter um i probably would have liked it more but it seemed like it was just too stark of a contrast I, I don't know. Maybe that's all it was, was like it shifted from being so absurd and silly to being a, a totally relatable story that I've seen before. I liked that Dandy let his emotions get the better of him, of his I'm going to do what I want to do attitude. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't even really need to recap the plot. I mean, you can tell it's a yeah. found ward story. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the Mandalorian? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> um, that, that's basically what happened. I, I guess that's why I like something like space dandy is that it can tell just these short stories and it can do, it can do a sweet story one episode and it can do a zombie mm-hmm. story the episode before. And I can enjoy both. And yeah. it, it doesn't have to be 12 episodes of one thing. I can just have small and that's why I said it's a it's a a filler a, um palate cleanser. Palate cleanser. Because it doesn't matter. It's just small entertaining stories. I find the zombie one works for me. I found this one works for me. And, and there is there's one episode in here that doesn't really work for me. But then I was fine. I was like, "Cool. Mm-hmm. You you tried something different. I didn't like it. Let's go on to the next thing. See if I like that." I, I mean, there's I plenty of that. moments. There's plenty of moments in this episode that I can't stand. Um, the the one that really stands out to me is he's, you know, she she transfers him because she's upset at him uh, in the train station, and he's trying to do something nice to for her, but she hasn't found out yet, so she thinks he's abandoning her, and so she does the tropey anime girl thing of I'm going to do something, you know, violent and then run off. Um, and then she's being taken by these guys that she made a fool of. And in penguin form, not only does he jump a ridiculous distance, but then he flies and in midair somehow rockets himself by doing <laughs> yeah. a somersault and then like barrel rolls type move to knock out another dude. Mm-hmm. I just... It, this was so actually explained confused. in the episode. That if Dandy wants fly? to do something, Dandy does it. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, you know... Baby. I, the, the, baby. 
the one thing that I do think w- was you know a possible a possible explanation was the fact that the girl's like, that's weird. Normally, when I transfer consciousness, you know, of a person, they're knocked out, and it takes them a while to actually come to. Whereas uh, Dandy the, was like, boom, instantaneously. The narrator said the narrator said that most don't do anything because they're too embarrassed. Oh, is so that what it was? Up. That's right. He just yeah. has no shame. Yeah, that's Danny, yeah he has Danny no shame. just can't think about stuff, so he just... Yeah, you're uh, right. Yeah. All right. The next episode starts with, let's talk about all of Dandy's surfboard collection. <laughs> <laughs> so you know he's going to use them. And, and they're like, are you just a poser? Why do you have surfboards? He's like, no, I'm the real deal, and I only surf the big waves, so I can capture that one endless summer. <laughs> that line got me so good. That was so cliche. So perfect. And the fact that they ask him, like, so what was the story? He's like, no, I pulled that out of my butt. <laughs> it wasn't even real. The, the first thing that ran through my mind was Point Break. Point Which Break. is a great movie. That That is a great movie. I am an FBI agent. Johnny Utah. All right. So in this episode, they go to another planet. It's Eden, and they're going to a garden. And I think Dandy goes, oh, I see what you did. That's stupid. (laughs) That calls out the dumb joke. Uh, Anyway, there's two aliens that live there. One likes underwear. One likes vest. The underwear one gets dandy. The vest one gets gal. And they join in this inter or this ancient culture war. Between they the even two get aliens. like swept up in it and they start fighting. <laughs> it's so dumb. And they're the but... last of their race. Each like each yes. one. And they're still so, fighting. So like it's you have you have the underwear people and the vest people. There's like an underwear person, person. vest person. Person. Yeah, yeah just one. Yeah, the people um, are all dead. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's just one of each, right? So like, it's a, it's Adam and Eve, basically. <laughs> it's Adam and Eve. I was dying because they. It's like they continued to play with the idea of the Garden of Eden that they were joking about before, right. but in the most loose possible application. I just love the way these creatures talked too. <laughs> I also like the idea so of, broken. to an alien's point of view, or someone from outside the world. Do the things that people kill each other over yes. seem as stupid as a vest in a Absolutely. Because it's definitely stupid, right? It's so stupid. And they kill themselves. They don't even manage to kill each other. Mm-hmm. They kill. They brain yes. themselves with rocks. Yes. Like, it's meant to be the stupidest war ever. It is, yeah. And, and being commentary. But it's commentary yeah. about... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and... So they have doomsday weapons and they blow up the planet when they're dying. And oh, come on, le- you can't skip you can't skip them like almost making a peace treaty, but in order to finish the peace treaty, they uh, have to put on each other's clothes and it's there's, just there's also one other thing I don't want to skip is when <laughs> they go to bed and they have to share a bed and the alien's like, it's What's weird bed. about you and me sharing a heart shaped bed? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that made me laugh. <laughs> Um, yes. Right. Yeah. So QT's like, "Hey, let's have a peace agreement because we, if we register these aliens, we'll get paid. And the only way they'll leave the planet is if they're at peace. So let's do a peace accord." And they actually agree to it so that they can both go like visit. One wants to visit boobies, and one just wants to be like Dandy. 
um, what I got. And they even sign it and they shake hands, but then they have to exchange their most favorite item according to galactic <laughs> law. And so they have to exchange the underwear and vest and put it on and they get angry and start fighting. Yeah. It's just too much. They can't. But then, yeah, the planet blows up. QT just leaves, <laughs> but he throws back the surfboard. And so Dandy surfs the geyser exploding planet off into space. And that's the end. Like him in his underwear, Meow clutching to his legs as he catches the big one, baby. Yep. In more beautiful animation. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> I I love that his pompadour like like is gone. It's just like wavy hair now. It, I like this. I like the shot. The story, mm-hmm. while well, I get the point, it's stupid to for the purpose of being stupid. Well, and it even has like I love the fact that when they did fight, like it was on schedule. There was literally a giant clock in the center. Oh of the yeah, town that's right. Area, and the clock would go up, and they'd see each other, and they'd like run to their spaceships, get up, circle around for a few minutes until the clock was like, and then okay, I guess we'll go fight again tomorrow. And aren't their weapons like super weak? So that's why they it, the wars lasted forever. They can't kill each other because yeah. their weapons are like really weak. Yeah. Makes you wonder, like, how did everybody else die everyone when they're else. this inept? All right, then we come to my favorite episode. This one was, like, I like a lot of them. This one was special to me. Uh, it's the the racing episode. So Dandy's oh. at boobies, and the... <laughs> how dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Dandy is at boobies, and the waitresses are all excited, but it's not for him. It's for this hotshot space racer Prince. Prince. And he is drawn with long flowing eighties anime hair. He looks yes. like an eighties anime character. He's from, he's from a different anime. Clearly he looks like he's straight mm-hmm. up Ultron. Yep. I thought he was just another racer from speed racer. Like I was just, well, yeah. yeah and this Racer's is clearly making a, a yeah riffs yeah. on speed racer. I love that. Instead of just at the middle point, it says space dandy and breaks the scene like 10 times throughout the episode, like old eighties, and, and Speed Racer would do, right? Yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they go all in on this bit. And so Dandy's like, we're becoming a racer. And you know, Prince well, is he's the just, best. He's doing it because he's jealous of the attention he's <laughs> yeah. getting from right. girls. Of course. Yep. I can beat Prince. <laughs> and the race starts. Okay, Dandy before goes, the race. Oh, okay, go ahead. No, what, what do you got? Oh, no, my favorite part, uh, there's not very many, but my Go favorite part on. of this episode <laughs> is his side. So he has similar sidekicks to Dandy. He's got a robot, but instead of a cat, he has a mouse. And my favorite part about this mouse is it's drawn nearly identical to Mickey Mouse. Yes. And he's a lawyer. And, he's an and evil his lawyer. first threat is that he's going to sue them. <laughs> that almost got a laugh out of me. I was I was very impressed with that. That was that was good. <laughs> so the race starts, and Dandy says it's time for our last resort. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because he's dead last. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and okay, so the joke is he says this like four like times throughout the episode. <laughs> and every time. His last resort is like he's the evil dastardly monthly yes. in the back. He's blowing up razors and bouncing <laughs> off explosions. He's magneting them and then right. 
the rest of the series, like Doctor Jail was... gets involved. Okay, I have a question. Mm. What was the joke? Like, I didn't understand why. Like, where it was like, was there a reference to it? There's this like sexy looking racer that doesn't oh, speak yes. the language. Healing. And she starts doing these poses, and the announcer has to like cover up her naughty bits. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, she was, I didn't find flashing the crowd, and the narrator's yeah. like, "Nope, that's not what she's doing." Trust yeah. me. She's I, I had no idea what that might be referencing or why it's funny. Uh, maybe it's referencing the pretty girls that are always near sports cars. You know, they always take shots of them. She was on a them. racer. Well, she's also like she's a, a dominatrix. Yes, yeah. she was a dominatrix trope. Yeah. Yeah, her ship uh, which was maybe that like was a used back in those times. Yeah, I I don't know if it had any like uh, application to necessarily s- racing, right. but anime. yeah, I think the, the joke might have just been her character design. <laughs> that one that that also made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, me too. The the last resort one made me laugh the most though, uh, especially QT. Like we just started. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and how uh, QT would get more and more uh, uh, angry every time, like more shocked and like. Stop doing last resort. You so gotta have, be out. They have to go through all these gates, and eventually, like Dandy gets ahead at first, and then they have to refuel, and so he gets behind again. Um, and a bomb is placed on the ship during the refueling, and also Meow put food because he doesn't know what refueling yeah. means, so he puts food in the gas. Just gotta fill it up, which is important. Yep. And then yeah, they go through more gates, and it's very classic, like. Oh, Dandy, you're making me race harder than I've ever done before. And they they dump out all the unnecessary cargo, including their own robots. And they're going and he gets neck in and a, neck. He gets in a mech fight with another couple yeah. mech f- racers. Right. right. Yeah. And they have time to do the, all this. And then he still catches up. Yep. Yep. But it's because of all the okay. explosions. Yeah, right. last resort he had the last resort yeah, his last resort you know well his fourth last resort <laughs> yes the explosions just seeing him bounce from ship to ship to ship that he exploded killed me i loved that that was the best that was the best form of like last resort acceleration i've ever seen it was so good and then him and the racer get like all tangled he, he up he would always have a he'd always have a clever like phrase or name for it like yeah i call this my explode myself into first place <laughs> yes just <laughs> noxious i you you remember this even better than me <laughs> you you've watched it sooner too i guess i should say you, you probably watched that what today or yesterday no well i started i started wednesday and i think oh. i watched like three or four episodes a day so well, thank God you didn't do it all in one day. That would have been really Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Okay, so the ending is the races are neck and neck. They're clashing against <laughs> each other, tied up against each other. And the not Mickey, for legal reasons, uh, triggers the bomb. And that propels Dandy, but also triggers the wonton in his gas. <laughs> but also at the same time, Prince was discovering what love is. And he gets <laughs> rammed from behind and screams out, <laughs> in very happy tones and then dandy goes faster than thought and lands like what i wrote it down 56 billion years in the future and finds a statue of dandy yeah that's i was like this is so uh what is the term like where it's just it's absolutely nuts well it's not just it's not just dumb it's like 
it's like really having dumb. a normal it's it's, <laughs> it's like having a normal story where you're just you're just continuing along the trajectory of the story <laughs> and then all of a sudden you just go epic and there's no justification for it there's no explanation <laughs> for it you well, just was decide we are going epic and that's, I, that's I, like I what they did there i don't think epic is the word i i use non sequitur uh, maybe i think epic is is pretty appropriate here because it goes like 56 billion years that that's just it may not work like the storytelling doesn't actually work but i think that's part of the beauty of it so yes i liked this okay okay next step next step. I, I i loved it i loved all the references i love i used to yep. i used to watch speed racer the, the cartoon as much as i love the movie can't miss a shout out to that sorry uh <laughs> I, I my my dad used to watch the original Speed Racer. That was like probably the first anime I ever watched, not knowing it was anime at the time. You know, eventually Dragon Ball Z came along and all that stuff. But yeah, he showed me Speed Racer, and then I realized later, like, oh, I I watched an anime with my dad. That would never happen today, <laughs> but that was that was a cool thing. Anyway, next episode, Garbage Planet. Dandy finds a dog, and. He becomes best friends with it, names it Pup, Meow gets jealous, the dog dies. <laughs> Why is this funny? Because uh, it's so, like, for me, I'm laughing right now because of your expression. Like, seeing oh, how much yeah, you, you know, the dog died was not funny. I, I'm just, I'm so confused. Like, <laughs> A, how did an Earth animal get on this planet? Um... B, why are we sending this corpse into space on a rocket? Love. It was his way of, of showing love for the animal. So, like... Also, like, why why are we having this story? Like, they meet it, and then five minutes later, it croaks. Like... <laughs> I, okay, so the second half of the episode I thought was kind of silly and light and didn't really matter. This first half... This was heavy the, duty. The the ending, the when they mentioned the real dog, the first mm-hmm. dog that was sent into space, yep. and then remembering what the dog had said, I thought humans didn't want me anymore. They put me into blackness and then left me. Yeah. And then and then you're thinking about that real dog because they suddenly tied it into a real thing, and I'm mm-hmm. like, no, no, we got John Wick NASA now. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, um, I thought that was really good storytelling of like taking something. <laughs> in such a short period of time and creating an emotional connection with it and then tying it to something in reality. And then that hits you, it hits you hard. It hit me hard. Um, I, then, then I started laughing hysterically at the two little <laughs> green, uh, Indian please. guys, the Native American guys. Yes. Brother, we, <laughs> we must flee this place. The spirit so, is leaving. So brother. During, yeah. During the episode with all the, the sad dog stuff happening, we see these two guys with green bodies in like mm-hmm. grassy fields, but they're fleas. They're on the dog. Yes. When meow hugs the dog, when they die, they jump to meow and now they have fleas on the ship. Yeah. And, Except they're a new rare species that they're trying to capture. Yes. Also, they're the only thing keeping the planet yeah, I together. That. So when yeah. they left, okay. they get on and the ship. And they're the last of their kind. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. so, <laughs> so. You're thinking about how they died, aren't you? No. no I'm okay. actually thinking about how Dr. Jell died. So, oh, okay. so 
uh, Dandy's blasting away. There's, the planet's becoming a black hole. Dandy says the line, I always wanted to die by extreme sucking. And I laughed so hard I spit food. I, I used to watch on my lunch. That's why. Um, and then the, and then Dr. Jell comes in. And it, I didn't set this up, but in the beginning, Dr. Jell had a new device for tracking Dandy, but it's just a turntable for a DJ that fires all the missiles. And so when they get there and see the black hole, they're like, use the device. Wicka, wicka. And they shoot the missiles in the black hole, does nothing, and they die. <laughs> it was so stupid. It's a turntable. And there's like a tiny little radar to the left of it that shows that we're dangerous. Uh, Dandy kills one of the fleas by combing it into his hair. The gel. So the other, the other flea takes over QT to get revenge, and then they end up killing it anyway. <laughs> That's the end. Yep. Okay. So yeah. Dandy did live up to the middle. <laughs> what? Oh man. Why the turntable? <laughs> Uh, just the absurdity of it. <laughs> okay. But I, the thing that really made this work for me was how uh, when they were introducing the two flea, flea guys, um, and the story that we had was focused on the dogs, but we kept getting these these shots of these two flea guys, and it seemed like they were in a completely different environment. Like you're saying, resting in, in grass with sunlight over their head and everything. And so that completely disrupted my connection to the dog because it would get another part of my brain working on where are these fleas in relation to the dog in relation to the world what is going on here what's the real story that's happening and what are they going what are they trying to say where are they going to take me uh in this storytelling and so that kind of i i don't know if it like took enough of my attention away from the dog or what but um but i think that was actually very important in letting me uh, have an emotional connection with the dog. There was something about how it disrupted my attention that made that work better. Um, it's kind of weird, but I really liked it. It was that the turntable goes licky wicky. <laughs> it wasn't just looking like a turntable. He literally it really did was. the DJ move. All yeah. right, next episode. <clears throat> We're almost done, Jesse. <clears throat> uh, Meow has a new planet. Uh, they use the refurbished transporter. <clears throat> oh, this is the best episode. This is the episode that's not my favorite. This was rough for me. This was sad. This mm. one, it, it was the art style. Doesn't work for me very well. Mm. This is the one that made me feel a little queasy. But honestly, some of the most alien things I've ever seen. Yeah. And they're like, these aren't aliens. <laughs> these are plants. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they, they go to this new planet. They get teleported down. Dandy gets abducted. And these people are plants that have evolved to be sentient. And, like, they put them in – you could kind of tell because they, like, they put them in a cell that was a literally a plant cell, a square. Yeah. And they – And then they shoved a tube up his butt. They shoved a tube up his butt. Tried to feed him. Uh, they he, – he meets them. Like, he meets the daughter, the doctor he's helping. There's – I had a hard time also following the story because everything was so bizarrely alien. Mm. But there's, there they, they Meow is getting just food dumped on him left and yeah, right. Meow's about yeah. to be sacrificed. He's he's going through classic <laughs> like, hey, Fatten when natives up. find you and start feeding you, make you fat, quit eating. Fuck yeah. 
Uh, Danny, they want to get this thing that evolved all the plants that's in the North Pole. It's the alien he thinks he's looking for. And the doctor wants to study it, so he wants Danny's help. And, like, the government steps in and it locks them up. But the daughter and, like, a singer that just shows up saves them. Like, yeah. there's, it, it's built like there's this big epic story, but everything's so abstractly weird because they're plants that it, it's just a bizarre telling of the story uh, and eventually they get there he goes in with a daughter who gets huge because if you get it close plants get close to her, they get big um and he breaks it off and starts to grab it it's thrown out. out yeah and it it kills all the mitochondria in the air that we're planning on helping and then the plants devolve back into normal plants and that's the end. Danny just gets back in his ship and leaves, and a coconut drops on his head. He has a palm tree in his ship. That made sense. Mm-hmm. I, I actually liked. I liked mm-hmm. the philosophical message of just following orders can lead mm. to genocide. Because, mm. I mean, he he literally killed off an entire planet of sentient being, beings by just doing what he was asked, no questions asked. Um, I thought I thought that was an interesting subplot. Um, now the execution of it, I was, uh, but um, I did like the alienness of the plant planet. Um, this was one of the more visually interesting um, episodes, uh, and I, I liked I liked this idea that a <clears throat> random space rock hits and it just happens to be like radioactive or whatever and it just starts evolving the fauna and flora around um in in weird and interesting ways to where all of a sudden they gain sentience and that the plants themselves like or at least the doctor i don't know if it was all plants but like they seemed to prefer non-sentience <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was back. Yeah. Th- this this was a high point for me mm. yeah I, I really like this one, like you say, because of how alien it was. Like every time that they would give you the shots of him marching through the terrain with these plants uh, or they would show him like reclining on a big leaf or something. And the other plants is like a cucumber <laughs> with vines coming off of it and stuff that's relaxing next to him or the plant entertainer that shows up. And, you know, I, I'm as curious as he probably was or at least as confused as he was about like, what does that look like? What is a plant entertainer? You know, right? Does it have like bioluminescent bulbs or something? Like, what goes on here? Um, uh, and then also the connection that that little um, daughter plant that was, you know, following him around and and was like, yeah, dandy, all right, yeah, you know, like his little cheerleader. And then seeing her, like she was the last one to go, and she didn't actually make the choice. Only one character made this choice and didn't tell anybody what they were doing. And that was that big giant doctor, her dad. Right. And so for me, that hit hard of like, wow, this one guy made the choice for everybody. Of course, Dandy was the the method of doing that. Like you said, Jason, you know, not thinking about what he's doing, just doing it, but seeing in her somebody who didn't get to make the choice and is disappearing. Um, and that was that was really sad. So this one actually hit me emotionally, too. So I'm surprised. But there's actually a few episodes that that hit pretty good emotion wise, like very effective. The art style, very different in this one, too. Like They, they clearly yeah. went for 
for something. I can't even properly describe it. It's just weird. <laughs> it was a weird art style, but it, it worked for with the storytelling and what they were going for. Um, yeah. Mute didn't even recognize what was happening. <laughs> and all of a sudden, here he is, just this huge fat cat. Just you know, yeah. all the plants around him had died. Yeah, everyone dies, and he's like, Surrounded by mushrooms. Well, what's going on? Yep. yep. And so then he gets on the thing and, mushrooms. and and then yep. back on the ship, uh, Daddy calls him a fatty. That was kind of mean. How dare he? Admittedly, not knowing ages of the plants because they don't have any human features. I thought we were going to go for a you slept with my daughter uh, plot line huh? and the the daughter plant starts crawling up on the bed with them. I'm like, oh no, don't do this. Don't yeah. do that. Thankfully they didn't. <laughs> I was right. 100% confident that when she went into the thing and started to grow bigger that she was going to grow into like a humanoid shape. <laughs> And and you know be you know attractive to him, but that that fortunately didn't happen. Yeah, that would have been funny though. <laughs> he, he he thought it was going to be dandier than it was. Yep. In space. <laughs> the next episode, uh, after the failure of a super weapon by the evil empire, and it shoots an energy beam to planet Beetlejuice, where the Dandy crew happens to be visiting after a mechanical failure to get a correction uh, a part, and they're staying with Meow's family. And Meow hasn't and, been home since he left. And he makes it very clear he does not want to go back. He even yeah. says, we need a mechanic, let's hit the next planet, not this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that night while they're sleeping, the, the energy hits, and then they do the day, and we see them like... Well, they wander around town. They follow the dad to his work. The dad's a metal shop worker. He just makes screws and nuts. No, he makes this contraption. It's like a little box. We see it at the very end. Those parts go in the box. He only makes the screws and bolts for it. They actually don't know that it goes to that. It told us that it's what it was made for. Is that the thing that was used, like the weapon that was used at the beginning that failed? I, I think so. And is that why he showed the broken screw? Like, he held up the same broken screw that his son maybe, did? Maybe he's bad. <laughs> yes. I like that. Um, yeah, but basically, they, they go, then they go to a bar. Uh, and then this is a time loop episode. Yeah. Except for they don't figure it out because it's so monotonous and boring. They just think this is normal. <laughs> and it says they, 88 days later, uh, QT starts to question it. But they tell him he's stupid. And then 108 <laughs> days later, they all realize that they can they know what's about to happen. And they're, they they're have superpowers. Psychic. They're psychic. Yeah. And the narrator's like, no, you idiots. You're in a time loop. And that's how they figure out they're in a time loop. They have to be told. <laughs> I they don't understand it for like another 120 days or something like that. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> I love time loop stories. But yeah. every time loop story has the what this is happening again maybe on the second day you pretend like okay maybe maybe i dreamed all this and then the third day wait it's happening again yeah i love that they just were like no 108 days (laughs) (laughs) that that i found that a great subversion of the of the trope i i thought Mm -hmm. it was clever yeah uh and mostly they're okay with being in a time loop but then dandy realizes he can't go to boobies 
So <laughs> he takes, he steals a spaceship and it blows up, but they still repeat. Uh, and eventually they, <laughs> I was like, they're going to Google it. And they don't, but they do a forum post asking people what they should do. And then the forum post is like, you should just Google it. <laughs> what they're told, just rip off the calendar page. Which is funny because every time loop always shows you the calendar page, right? It's always the day calendar. And so they're like, wait, it's that easy? And then they can't rip it. That's where the energy went and why the time loop's happening. And eventually they ask the dad to help and he uses his metal wielding. And Meow comes to appreciate his dad. And they're able to get out the day. And his dad is happy for him to go and continue exploring because it's whatever Meow wants. This was like his character building moment. Right, but um, it, it, I never got the impression the dad wasn't okay with it, but I felt no. like Meow yeah, Meow, Meow felt guilty because he had wanted to be like his dad and then mm-hmm. had changed that, and I think he was ashamed of that. Yeah, I was so frustrated with especially some of the like character building moments for Meow, because like they would ask him a question about his past or his childhood and he would start to answer it. And they're like, Oh, he's so stupid. Or or they'd be like, he he would start to say something intelligent about like why he is the way it is. And he's like, Oh, read the thing again where he says he's going to be just like his dad. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's when you have bad friends. (laughs) All right. I want to know something, Jason. The joke that made me laugh the hardest. I want to know if you saw it coming. When he asked the waitress out and she's with the the barmaid. No, I I 100% thought she was with. So earlier there's a shot of like a dude on her lap, uh, like his head on her lap. And she's like stroking. I I 100% thought like, hey, she's married already. Right. Mm -hmm. But then like, I'm in love with the. (laughs) I was like, whoa, okay, that, that came out of left field. <laughs> I, yep. very hard. <laughs> I, I actually laughed really hard at that one because it was um, it was like inserting the most ridiculous, like forcing it in there. Like it didn't, there was no explanation for that. No, nope, it was just, it was just a completely random. Nope. Yes. <laughs> We're in love, deal it. Yeah. I, 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 I did find I tried it, it for growth, Mio. <laughs> I, yeah. I did. I did find it. Um, God, it wasn't that funny, but I did find it humorous <laughs> that basically the the town is like the bad part of Hokkaido, and like the the daughter is like this irresponsible, almost snarky like schoolgirl, and she's okay. got like the got the cigarette sticking around. I need money for a book. Well, <laughs> you should you should already buy it. We can take the bus. Oh, I don't want to take the bus. Yep. Uh, what this is gonna be stuck in my brain for literally weeks that good no it's just like <laughs> that I, that's how i retain information is through video format ah uh, um the they point out though that the, like the end of the, the episode ends them doing exactly what they were doing at the beginning of the episode they're like their their life is a time loop it doesn't matter <laughs> Um, all right, next episode, Dr. Jail gets yelled at by his boss, but he's too busy figuring out a calculation. Oh, this is the library planning. The, the boss, the admiral, or the general wants to d- take over. S- yep. Oh, no, you're right. This is, this is, yep. Sorry. I was reading it wrong. 
<laughs> yep, Library Planet. Uh, <laughs> Evil General wants to take over the Library Planet because he has an overdue book, but the book has been stolen. The book was stolen by Space Dandy. Dandy has tried to turn in an alien, but you can't take it out of the box or you'll forget what the alien is. And Scarlet doesn't believe him. She opens the box. Every, all the color gets saturated out of the, the picture. Um, an alarm goes off, and then they find a book inside the box. <clears throat> I thought it was just a piece of paper, but it was actually a whole book. And and a ticket to a planet. They go to boobies. They learn what the, the ticket says. So then they For go some to reason, the, Honey can read it, but the honey, robot can't. Right. He's, he's an old, he's just a vacuum cleaner, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the ticket says they get food, free food and drink on the library planet. So they go there at the same time. Oh, all the books you can read. Yeah, that doesn't matter. <laughs> well, they, the reason it matters is because Dandy keeps making that joke. He's like, I don't care about the reading. I want the food and booze. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing tastes better than free food, baby. <laughs> Uh, they get there at the same time as Dr. Jill's fleet. They actually have a big space battle. And then where Dandy... where did Dandy get this doomsday weapon on his ship? This did not make sense to me at all. He blew up multiple carriers or, you know, Corvettes in one sweeping shot. It's like anybody barely has power to do his warping like. Well, he was uh, under the influence of the parasite for six months, so I wonder if it. So that upgraded his ship. Got it. Mm -hmm. I think so. First time seeing anime, man. (laughs) Especially this one. Uh, It gave me Robotech vibes of like one ship firing the missiles. You just see that just blows up in the distance. Yep. Okay, library planet. They teleport, get teleported down the library planet. They explore around, and then they eventually find out. This is what you out, call service. <laughs> uh, QT eats a bunch of data. They find out that the book they're carrying is the oh. alien and is the head librarian of this planet, and has been altering their their memories to manipulate them to carry her across the universe because she's actually just like this little teen girl and she just wanted <laughs> to see the universe so bad. Uh, and she, they rescued her from uh, doc, uh, from the general, Dr. Jill's mm-hmm. boss. So that's why they stole her. But they don't remember that they did that. And then she turns on the planet's defenses and blows up Dr. Jill's fleet. But Dr. Jill has figured out this secret formula by seeing the boobies that uh, Space Dandy drew on the card or the, the ticket. Anyway, she steals that information from him, puts it in herself, and then thanks them and gives them a reward. And so we go back. She has a box. He's turning it into Scarlet. This time there's a videotape in it. And then the narrator's like, and this led to a galactic war that destroyed everything. (laughs) But no one remembers it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) The next episode... Uh, Space Dandy has to catch uh, the chameleon. Oh, this is my favorite episode. Uh, Scarlet is mad that they're turning in cheap aliens because it takes way too much paperwork for the money they're getting. She tells them, go find this rare alien. So they go to, and this is the official planet name, planet that looks like it has chameleons. (laughs) Yes. Come on, that's a funny joke. (laughs) In episode 12, they've named every planet. (laughs) 
I was too busy being upset that the robot found a love of fishing. Yeah, that was good too. Was that the end? They go fishing for chameleons. Now they've been using fishing poles this whole time. That it's a recurring That's thing. True. Space Santa uses fishing poles for Episode his job. Episode one. It's how he caught meow. Yeah. Uh, so they go fishing for chameleons, and QT's like, "We're not looking for chameleons, but they fish for them anyway." And then <laughs> QT finds a love of fishing, and we get the QT fishing journal. <laughs> they eventually catch a chameleon, and they turn it in. And Scarlet's like, this is a chameleon. I don't wanted an alien. But QT had caught a, a black something lizard thing. Yeah. And it shape shifts in its shell. It's the it... and the next morning he's they're like, hey, <laughs> what? Uh, QT has a blog now. And so he's going to post, you know, his pictures of his catch on his blog. Yep. Yep. I love the fact that there's just this Asian guy. Walking around the ship. That middle-aged 40-year-old guy, 50-year-old guy in the background. <laughs> he's, like, drinking, and he's – it's almost like he's mocking them, too, like, the okay. whole time. I was I was this close to going, oh, that's kind of funny. It was real close. But then the joke just went on too long because it was, like, you know, you have those moments in anime where, like, they're, like, questioning, okay, well, if you didn't do it and you didn't do it and strange person I've never seen before didn't do it, who could it? Oh, strange guy. No, they didn't get to strange guy until like 10 minutes later. No, no, no. I fully disagree. Yeah, I love this it. joke. Is like, the fact that they have a everybody sound off one, two, three, four, four. But that's so they know something's wrong. But the fact that there's just a new guy standing there isn't what's wrong. The fact that they go four people is what's wrong. Ship together. Yeah. Okay. So we get these, they keep turning in the wrong double, like they turn in Meow again. This is like the third time Meow's been scanned. Uh, but it's the wrong, it's the right Meow instead of the, the chameleon. They come back and they're sitting on a sofa that we've never seen before. And they get up and leave and they're like, wait, when did we get a sofa? And the sofa runs away. The best one, though, is they come in and there's a boombox that they put in the tape. And the it's the chameleon alien. They turn on it's the like boombox and he's like, hey, baby. Baby, hey, baby, baby. <laughs> and, and Dandy goes, must be the live version. I hate this. <laughs> Turn it off. I loved it. I loved every bit of it. He can, he can play the tape, but he has to speak in his voice to make it work. <laughs> That's funny. That's so funny. It it's irritating because it's like one as soon as they walk in the room and you see the how the boom box is drawn you're like oh there it is right it's in like, the same spot the couch was it didn't he went right back to the same spot but then the other yeah. question is like why are, why do we have tapes in the future in space travel I don't understand this. Because they're about to start an intergalactic war. We just learned yeah, that Yeah, we just episode. went over that. <laughs> VCRs and cassette tapes are, are starting a war. This is the only episode that actually continues from the last episode. <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. Eventually, it turns into Scarlet, and they grab the wrong Scarlet. So now they're banned from the alien registry. And then it turns into Dandy. 
And then they do, remember, this is 2014, which I still don't think is topical. They do Who Wants to Be a Millionaire for the Dandy Quiz, and they have to answer questions about being you, dandy. You did forget that the side, the under undertoned uh, Dr. Jell side plot is he's got a new device that he can, right? you know, he's going to grab Dandy from across space time. Yeah, that's right. He's got a mat- super powerful device that could just grab Dandy this time. They'll definitely get him. You guys have every, have you ever seen Phineas and Ferb? Yes. And, and every time okay. there's the side story where the evil doctor is making the thing and you know, it's going to, it's, it's definitely going to erase what Phineas and Ferb did. So they don't get in trouble every, every single time. Perry. Dr. Jell is Dr. Doofenshmirtz to Dandy. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, anyway, uh, Eventually, though, the, the dandies are answering both questions. But one dandy's like being nicer to the crew, so they're like, "We like that dandy better." It's not; it's probably not dandy, but yeah. what's the difference? Can we just keep that one? But then, both dandies are so confused they don't know which one's the real one. Yeah, and so they decide, "Who cares, baby? They're dandy." <laughs> they just <laughs> go about living their lives as double dandies, and. Till one gets abducted by Dr. Gel, turns into a second Dr. Gel, driving Dr. Gel insane. Uh-huh. And it says, you know, <clears throat> chameleons, what are you going to do? Yep. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, and then Danny goes to boobies. <laughs> yep. All right. And then the final episode is about QT falling in love with a uh, coffee machine, but she's in love with a cash register. And they this leads to a robot revolution. Where he's trying to stop the cash register who has joined the revolution for the sake of the coffee maker. And he turns into a kaiju and battles a giant evil robot. However, the revolution is led by an evil toaster, which has got to be a shout out to the brave little toaster. It's just got to be. It looks yeah. just like him. <laughs> and for, um, for us 80s kids. You, you missed the uh, most of it. I, I'm a. I'm a robot. I don't drink coffee, but because I'm trying to impress this girl, I'm going to go ahead and drink coffee, and then it makes him go on the fritz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, at the very end, too, where he knows that he can't get her. He's, he's it's like, in the memory of her now. That's sad. This is another one of those where it's, like, even though it's silly, and even though it has its, like, action scenes and everything, it comes across more as a uh, emotional storytelling attempt. But it was pretty effective. It was good. And I thought the kaiju battle looked great. I did too. I'll have to say, the scene where he takes her out to the edge of town and they see the ships coming in and watching the city and the flying, you know, the vehicles and all that, that, that was really, really pretty. We also get small shots of dandy and meow wondering where qt is but every time the ship's messier and messier because qt is no longer cleaning for them and they're just complete slobs so the garbage is just like getting higher and Uh higher every time that was a nice little detail all right that that brings us to the end of season one i do feel especially since they call out this is the end of season one where we'll be back in season two i wish they had flipped this one and the last one the, oh yeah, because the last one the, ended the duo strong. dandy, yeah, I mm-hmm. thought would be a better 
halfway point or season finale because it was it was very silly, very much mm-hmm. going into the weeds of what Space Dandy is. Where this one felt a little more streamlined and only focused on T. It, it felt very much a side story, which was weird to end the season on. <clears throat> I agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Any other thoughts? <clears throat> Jason, you remember any other jokes? <laughs> um, it's funny you mentioned Phineas and Ferb because I remember really liking. I didn't laugh at that show, but I really liked that show. Watching it with my kids. Two more seasons. And it got renewed. Nice. Four more episodes. Woo. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um, but there are jokes in there that I do laugh at, especially with Doofenshmirtz. He's probably one of my favorite characters. Anyways, um. It's interesting that you meant because it's similar format. You've got this basically the same thing that happens every time. You've got corny jokes going on throughout the episode, but I guess I guess it's just it wasn't. But Phineas and Ferb aren't d bags, <laughs> right? That's probably what it is. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, let's go to our final reviews. Jeremy, this was your pick. What do you think? I love it. Um, I think this is great comedy. It is not formulaic or standard comedy. It is it is like uh, shocking left turns. You don't know where they're going to go most of the time. And I'm, I'm talking also about like the storytelling in general. Like it it likes to surprise you. It likes to give you real alienscapes, which I don't see really often. And I always whenever I do see it, I love it. <clears throat> like Sunny Boy, Land of the Lustrous, Pap- Paprika. Um, I love the worlds that they present because they're so alien and so interesting. Um, and I thought this did it more than once. There were a couple of times where um, I, I was really intrigued by places that Dandy was visiting. And yet, even with that alienness, they still managed to maintain the type of humor that I at least find pretty funny. Um, so yeah, I really like this. I recommend it. If if you, if it's not really up your alley, maybe try a drink or something and then watch it. <laughs> but I give it a five. All right, Jason, how about you? Um, it was pure agony getting through every episode. <laughs> um, I just the jokes never landed. The silliness for silliness' sake just is not my the the stuff that I like to watch as far as comedy um the character's a d-bag I can't stand that pompadour 70s slash 80s look especially like in in the Japanese style it just it just hits wrong and I just do just that self-importance and like uh, I'm gonna chase tail all day um it's a tool it's basically I mean, literally, he's a tool. Like, you see a guy with a pompadour in anime. It's like, oh, that character's a tool. Like, yeah, you yeah. just know. <laughs> right. But they're usually an antagonist that gets their butt mm-hmm. kicked, right? Um, or I mean, a backup like a comedy. Sideline yeah, comedy right. character sometimes, yeah. Um, Because there was no real story or no real... I I, I felt nothing mattered therefore there was no connection or anything to anchor me to any of the characters uh i just didn't find any of the story beats interesting or funny i mean there were a couple episodes i i did find 
um, interesting. I mean, at least stuff I was able to pull out. But as a whole, like you said, with that first episode, it tells you what it is. And I would have turned it off. I give this a one. I just did not like it. Do you think that um, if it is multiverse and the story is something that is overarching and not stuck on like a specific dandy or a specific universe, but there's something bigger being told, would that change your perception of it at all? I might find it a little more interesting. However, because none of the episodic the episodic nature of it doesn't connect any of the dandies together in a meaningful way. Um, so it, it, it would, it, it might change my opinion a little bit, but not much. Okay. <clears throat> Before I give my score, I'm going to reveal the other half of my, my secret that I wanted to talk about. So like I said, the general director uh, came from Cowboy Bebop and, and Samurai Champloo, but the, regular director would go on from this to direct the first season of one punch man but more importantly to me and it's funny because jeremy actually just mentioned it when he got his own anime project to be the head of he made sunny boy so this is the link between cowboy bebop and sunny boy which to me is like oh baby um so <laughs> this is a give sunny boy a good score didn't no, either, did no, you hate you hate it sunny yeah you hate sunny boy <laughs> Uh, it was very too much artistic for you, which yeah. is kind of yeah, which is yeah. kind of where I'm I'm jiving with this. It has that culture mixing and trying different things that like Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Shampoo do, and it has that alien and bizarreness from Sunny Boy and mixing them together in a very silly, no holds barred, blank check. We can do whatever we want. Let's let's paint the walls red with blood. I don't know if those analogies are actually meshing together, but I <laughs> uh, I I had a blast watching it. I kind of knew I would, but like I said, because the first episode sells what is coming so well, um, I knew I would enjoy it. I, I did. There's higher highs and lows, but I just enjoy the what it's doing. It's If you can't tell how much I've laughed just remembering it tonight, <laughs> Which I do feel bad about, Jason. Um, <laughs> this 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 was a highlight for me, and I, I'll be finishing it. I, I want I'm gonna finish the rest of the series. So, oh, that's too bad. All right. <laughs> With that done, now our next anime coming up will be Jintama, the first twelve episodes of the first season. Uh, another comedy anime, another comedy legend in the anime community. So we will be checking that out. So we hope you tune back in to listen to that. If you have thoughts on Space Dandy, a dandy guy in space, in space. please reach out to us on our Twitter at Baca Podcast, our website, theanimebacaclub.com, or wherever you found this podcast, and the comments should get back to us. So we look forward to hearing your thoughts. I especially would love to hear more from more people who, who didn't enjoy it, because this is kind of known as one of the pinnacles of anime i think i think that's my general impression of what people think uh, this is this it's is very well, high well very yeah. high on the my anime list right it's well received well loved really yeah yep. you're you're very much in the minority here man but <laughs> i on. definitely see how it's not going to gel with everyone and I, I i would love to hear more from people who are like why it doesn't work for them where the disconnect is 
Jason's checking. He is I even disbelieve. This is a 7.8. This is not even in the top 200. That's pretty That's for pretty him. high. For yeah, comedy doesn't usually get that high. All right. Anyway, love to hear your thoughts. Feel free to jump in and, and join the Bucket Club and with your comments. Tell All me right. how wrong I am. Yeah. That is also fine, but I think we've had enough of that. <laughs> All right. Let's say goodbye. Thanks for listening. See you next time, baby. In space. Oh, God. <laughs>